Alright, I guess it's time to talk about something I wish and I bet you all wished we never had to talk about ever. Virgil van Dijk's injury and how it can possibly affect the rest of Liverpool's season. And I know there's going to be a lot of speculation, but what else can we do at this point? So, let's begin. I didn't talk about this a lot in my original... Uh, 2-2 match opinion, instant reaction. But it was something that a lot of us definitely were concerned about. Because we heard straight away, it might be ACL, it might be the rest of the season, it might be six months, who knows, but it doesn't look good. And how Jurgen Klopp said after the match, you know, Virgil plays all the time, even sometimes through a pain, but... He plays every time. Now, he couldn't. And that's a bad sign. And holy fuck it was. Because now it's official. It's ACL. And he's gonna go on to surgery. And reportedly, Liverpool still have hopes that recovery will go soon. And fast, you know. And very well. And he's going to miss a big chunk of his season. But at least he's gonna be able to play at the end. But, understandably, it's only hopes and praise and very, very, you know, positive attitude towards this problem. Because, most likely, it's until the end of the season and possibly going forward. You know, maybe even until the beginning of next season. So, it it means not only... The rest of this season, but Euros, which is a big blow for Netherlands and for Virgil as well. I can't even imagine. And all of this, this really fucks me up. And I know a lot of Liverpool supporters that fucking hate this news because they all know what it means for Liverpool. Probably means no Premier League and no Champions League for us this season. And I know some fans will say that's a very, very uh, negative, depressing look you have from the rest of the season. And I may agree with you, but it's mostly realism. Because we all knew that, we all speculated, oh, who will be with our season if Van Dyke will get injured for a couple of weeks for a month, and God forbid, in two months, it will be awful. And looking at the form that Joe Gomez is right now, that will be suicidal, but right now we're in a position where Van Dyke will be out for the rest of the season, and our main option, you know, is Joe Gomez and Joe Matip, with no backup at all, which is a Big step down from Van Dijk and Matip or Van Dijk and Joe Gomez. But, you know, I could talk about how Pickford should get, you know, should have get a red card. And even now, after this game is already one day old, it should definitely be, you know, relooked or something like this. So they would give him, you know, two games, three games, whatever games ban, you know, red card. After looking at this situation again. I could, but it's not going to change his living shit. So, yes, I think it should have been a red card. 
But oh, it was offside. Well, first of all, it probably wasn't. After the replays that they gave us, it clearly showed that his arm was offside. And the only, you know, conversation that we could have is his shoulder was offside. And you can score with your shoulder, but you can't score with your arm. So, if it was a shoulder, even millimeters, maybe I can agree. But from what I've seen, it's an arm, not a shoulder. So, it's not an offside. So, it's a red card for Pickford, even though, you know, even if you can imagine, it was offside. Sure. It's still a red card for the dangerous play. But okay, I'm not going to talk about this situation more because I think it's just pointless. Let's talk about the remaining of the season, how we'll go with Al Van Dyke and what can we expect. Well, first and foremost, nothing positive. As I said before, Premier League, Champions League, probably we're going to say bye-bye. And oh, it's very tough pill to swallow because not only we have been robbed from our victory with these disgraceful decisions by VAR referees, but also the fact that we're going to be Man City 2.0. It, it sounds very ludicrous, but we are. Even though we, we just witnessed their, no worst obviously season, but in terms of trophies and in terms of how they played, probably was one of the worst seasons under Pep Guardiola for Man City. And we've seen how much it impacts the team when they lose their best defender. And it's so mind-breaking to me that we, you know, as a club, as an owner, seen the fact that Manchester City crumbled after losing Laporte. And when Lovren left, you know, it's not Laporte by any means, we haven't replaced him. And as I said, it's not Laporte, but now we're stuck with Matip and Joe Gomez. And individually, they are great. But right now, as a pairing, it's very scary because they've never been as good as a pairing as with Van Dyke, you know, each other with Van Dyke. So, what do we have? As a Liverpool fan, I was happy with our transfer window. Don't get me wrong, Jota and Thiago, oh, Simicus, you know, great signings. But when we saw Lauren, we all thought, ah, we're going to buy a centre-back. Because, yeah, we have a great youth. But who knows how they're going to grow in. And there's no denying they're not ready for Premier League football. They need to go to the Championship or like Nat Phillips is in Bundesliga to get more experience and then go to the Premier League side, maybe not Liverpool, maybe, you know, Burnley or whoever, just to get more practice and understanding of the Premier League football. And only then you can expect them to appear at the Liverpool side. So there was no conversation about Van de Beek or Van de Beek or whatever the name of his, of our great youngster, Van de Beek, obviously, <laughs> yeah. My mind is a little bit off right now. I'm not thinking about our youngsters. Yeah, we possibly could make an argument, but as I said, we need to put them in a long list for now. So it was obvious we needed a defender, but we decided to wait 
until next summer to get someone bigger. You know, maybe Upamecano, who is still relatively young and still has so much potential, but already considered one of the best defenders, you know, of 2019 or 2018. He was very solid, there's no denying. And right now, we're in a position that we need to rush those signings, we need to rush those decisions. Very hard decisions for our owners, who we very much know not gonna not gonna want to spend another 70, 60, 80 millions on another defender because well, we just did it with Van Dyke and we spent quite a few money on uh, Thiago or Jota, so why would we spend another big chunk of money for another player? But right now, Klopp should just put an ultimatum. It's either like this, either nothing. Because, as I said, we're now stuck with Joe Gomez and Matip as a pairing. And we all know that they are great individuals. But as a pairing, they never work particularly well. And even more so, we all know that they're gonna get injured, and that's another problem. But if that's what wasn't enough, we also know that Joe Gomez right now in a horrendous form. The rest, you know, since the beginning of the season and in the end of the previous one, after the restart of the season, we've been saying how poor Joe Gomez was. And nothing really changed in my opinion. <laughs> my honesty got worse a little bit. He still needs this big slap to understand that he needs to come back to the form that he once was. And that's exactly what we tried to do in this match against Everton by putting him on a bench. But unfortunately, he needed to go and secure a place of Van Dyke. And that's an impossible role to fit in. But not only this, but he also was pretty poor against Everton, one of the worst players if we're being honest, this second goal never gonna let me rest it seems like. So combine his form with the fact that we're gonna be seeing him with Matip, that's a scary thought. We can only pray that he will understand how much pressure is on his shoulder and Matip's shoulder. They will not break and they will, you know, being on top form until January we might sign another one, another defender, just to be sure that we're going to be able to go until the end of the season. And this defender should be a top-notch, not some, you know, Lovren type or David Luiz type, Vertonghen or whoever. No, it should be a solid defender who's going to be able to step in and take a place of Joe Gomez or Matip if needed, because nobody's on the level one dyke, but... We clearly needed another defender this summer, and we all talked about this. So, this is a necessity, not, oh, maybe we need someone. But not only this, we also need to realize that Joe Matip and Joe Gomez are guaranteed to get injured. Name me one season since they arrived and before where they haven't been injured. For at least, you know, a short period of time, because it's near impossible. I can remember, you probably can remember too, you need to go to Wikipedia to understand, oh, to analyze, okay, maybe this season he wasn't that much injured, so maybe, just maybe some miracle will happen and he will never gonna be injured again, or at least until the end of this season, but once again, this is hopes and this is miracles we're talking about, 
because it's mostly guaranteed one of them or at worst both of them will get injured and who will step as another defender it's probably Fabinho and there's been a concern fall of Liverpool fans when we didn't sign a defender that Fabinho will go lower as a centre-back even though we need him as a centre defensive midfielder and you know at the very beginning of the season, we've all been saying, well, hopefully it's not going to happen until boxing days when we need this third defender and he will be able to step in. Fucking hell, like two games in, we're already using him as a second defender. But now we're in a position that he will be near a first choice. Even if nothing goes wrong with Joe Gomez so massive when it comes to injuries, if Joe Gomez is going to stay in his current form, Fabinho is probably going to be a one of, you know, first choice. One of the first choice, if not the first choice, to be a pairing with Matip. And that's a scary thought because not only are we using our best CDM as a centre-back, which is always going to be dodgy because it's not his natural position, we also lose in a person at midfield. And yes, with Santiago, that's great, even though he got an injury as well. And who knows for how long he will be out, even though Liverpool said that his injury is not as dangerous, is not as scary as they originally thought. It doesn't mean he doesn't have an injury. So it might be one game, might be two games, it might be a little bit more, but let's hope it's either nine games or just one or two this week. And we are dumb the injuries for Thiago. But once again, Thiago is quite an injury-prone guy, so... You can expect him to get injured for at least a little bit. Same goes for Keita, who was incredible at the end of last season, but wasn't as much in this season, you know, since the season started. It's a totally different player. It seems like he needs this restart button for himself that he cannot find. And this is quite a thing with him since he joined. Liverpool, you know, he has some good games and then he is out either with an injury or just mentally he's no longer as good as he was. He can't perform at the same level. And that's another concern for Liverpool fans because Ox still is out and let's be honest, we all forgot that we have him in the squad. And even though we have depth now in the squad, the fact that we're going to need to pull Fabinho as a centre-back. God forbid if we're going to use Henderson as a centre-back. I would rather just gouge my house right now. Rather than watch this nonsensical piece of shit. You know, situation unfold right in front of my eyes. So there's a lot of things we need to consider when it comes to Van Dijk being out. But what does it mean for Van Dijk himself? Because ACL is quite a scary injury. And he is not as young to take it with somewhat ease. Because we're seeing with Asensio, he's never been at the same heights that he was at, at some points of his Real Madrid career. Even though I don't think there was many of those heights. But, you know, he was better than he is right now. Or we can look at Nicola Zaniolo, you know, from from Roma, who... Suffered an ACL and one leg, missed a big portion of last season, came back and tore in another one on his right leg. That is a possibility as well. 
and how he explained himself why this happened it was because he was so afraid and his body was so afraid to talk uh you know normal amount of pressure on his already injured leg that he pushed his right leg more he put more weight more pressure on the right leg and his other leg just couldn't bear with it and broke as well and that's a possibility that every person that suffered those type of injuries is going to be considered considered with even though they may not, not realize it but they are doing this mentally their brain just telling them oh no we're not going to put as much pressure on or the injured leg for god knows how long and here comes the biggest concern with those two players they're quite young in comparison to Virgil. Virgil is like 28, 29, I want to say. And when the player is that old, even though he's one of the best, he gets this type of injury. He misses a year of his career. He's coming back and can we expect the same Van Dyke as we had before? I think it's a little bit foolish to expect the same Van Dyke until 2022 maybe, you know, or at least the end of 2021 where he's actually going to pick up his form after the injury. And who knows, will he have the same power? I wish, you know, I wish him all the best in his recovery. I wish that he will be stronger than ever when he comes back. But this is something that we all should consider then maybe we're not going to have the same Van Dyke ever again. And that's, as I said, like 25 times in this video, is a scary thought. So, at the end of the day, we are in a quite shitty position. We are Mount City 2.0. And as I said before, this season of Premier League will not be one team only. And my words right now are said to be true because if we're going to look at this match day only, so many fucked up results like Tottenham getting the lead until 80th minute and then in 10-15 minutes crumbling and getting a 3-3 result. Southampton-Chelsea another 3-3. Man U who pulled a miracle, you know, well, they played better obviously than Newcastle, but they were 1-1 until the late 18 minutes, and then they suddenly scored three more goals, and two of them were after the 90th minute. So, so many fucked up results. And this is only like the third or the fifth weekday, match day, whatever. We already seen that a lot of teams can lose to a bottom, middle part of a table and top six sides between itself can take, you know, a loss here and there. So there is no big surprise when we tell when you will tell me that Liverpool will lose to, to a club like Aston Villa because I no one expects seven two, but I said it so many times last seasons to my friends, to any person that Hustonville were very close to beating us twice and they were just unlucky or they didn't have enough physicality. This time, they, were, they had everything in the palm of their hands. And same goes for some other teams. 
that knew how to play against us but couldn't. But now, with Van Dyke out, they have a lot of opportunities to get some wins. It's a typical Premier League and we all love it, but next week's will be a big show. What can we expect from this side without Van Dyke? Without this mental leader of defense, this leader when it comes to being on the pitch and, you know, just not, he's not a leader in, in the same way as Henderson is. Let's not get this messed up. Henderson is a leader who, in a game like Aston Villa, Liverpool 7-2, would be able to turn around the game not by scoring, but mentally giving a slap to everyone. And after 2-1, when uh, Salah would score, you know, his first goal of the game, we would be able to pull a comeback. That's what everyone expected after this happened. You know, 2-1, oh, typical livable fashion, let's do a comeback. But no, because there was no leadership on the pitch. But with Henderson in, anyone without, Von Dijk is a leader when it comes to defense. Even though he was quite arrogant lately and he made quite a few mistakes, there's no denying of this, when the time comes and he needs to be serious, he is the best defender in the world. And this season, you know, after those mistakes, after this result, 7-2, I'm more than sure that he would take all of matches serious. He would go all in just to be the best defender in the world just to secure the victory just to secure this title one more time go for the champions league one more time so there will be no denying but now he's not going to be able to do this and that's a shame but we need to look forward and as i said those next weeks until january or <laughs> not until january until uh november Maybe December will show how much are we actually going to be able to fight. Will we be able? And maybe all of my negative thoughts are just nonsense. Yeah, maybe we're going to lose a draw with the Mad City. But every single other game we're going to win. And there was no point of being so dramatic. But right now, it's a big possibility of... Not only, you know, Premier League title, but also top two slipping away. And that's a very depressing thought. So top two is not guaranteed, but is something that I'm kind of aiming for. Because even though I think we are able to win a trophy, we are able to win a Premier League without Van Dijk, it's like five times harder. And that's a realistic thought. So we can only have to wait and see how it's all going to unfold, how it's all going to go down. And I hope, I hope that this is all just negative thoughts and everything's going to be great. We're not going to notice Von Dijk's injury and we're going to just hope that he will come back at the end of the season stronger than ever. But let's just hope that's going to happen. There's a lot of negativity from me today and I know there wasn't much of entertaining stuff here like in a typical angry review or angry rant, but 
is something that I need to do from time to time. This is a really a reality check and it sucks, but we need to talk about this. So I'm just hoping for the best and uh, I wish you're hoping for the best too. So once again, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed this little monologue about how shitty the situation is in Liverpool right now. And uh, yeah, hear you soon.